I look drunk. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, everybody. Welcome to WTF. Nikki's here, and, and Helena's trying to get here. She has She's trying to get her camera fixed and working. So she'll be here shortly. We're just going to kill time until she shows up. Hi, Nikki. Hi, Glenn. How's it going? Good. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. It doesn't feel like Christmas yet. I feel like we need one more week. You know what? I am uh, not blinking and you're blinking. Mine died. <laughs> I pulled these out. I lucky, Luckily, they're, they're working because I bought them like on sale like from a dollar store last year. And I'm like, well, I'll see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, as, as we said, Helena should be showing up here shortly. We're going to wait for some live listeners to get in. Uh, live listeners, you can comment. We can see you. Right above us, there's a place where you can give StreamYard permission to show us your names. Otherwise, we just see Facebook user. So I have good news. I was just chatting with one of our auditors who's an intensive care nurse who got the shot, the vaccine, on Saturday. And she said her arm had a little bruise, and she said it was much—her flu shot was worse. Yeah, that's what I've been hearing. No side effects. You know, some people have been having a sore arm, but you get that anyway with vaccines. Uh, but she said, so far, so good. Now, she hasn't had the second one yet, so she'll have that. Uh, Mackenzie, hi from Chattanooga. We're definitely going to have to get to Chattanooga on our tour. That's exciting. So have you guys like pinpoint places that you definitely want to go? No, we're, we're definitely going to start planning it now that vaccines are... You know, mm-hmm. we're thinking July. We want to go when it's hot as hell in Florida and get out of here. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> so, you know, we, we can't ride so much anyway. So we're we're thinking that this time it's going to have to be, this year it'll be east of the Mississippi and next year west. Because even with four weeks, you know, it's, it's actually not a lot of time to cover any territory. So what we're going to do is we're going to get everybody that wants us to come and stay for a night or two at their farm. We're going to get a list and then we'll start plotting the... The course, but the whole the goal is to stay at farms the whole way. That's gonna be so much fun. Yeah, we get to meet everybody. Jennifer is hoping that you offer her rides everywhere. Me, nice. not so much. Uh, <laughs> I'll hang around. With I can the offer you alcohol. I can offer you yeah. drinks and yeah, food. Right. <laughs> I'll hang around with the husbands. You guys can go ride. That's fine. Uh, and then we'll do the show from the road too. We're we're setting uh, we're setting the camper up that we'll be able to do the show from the road. So. Uh, hopefully, and now that we're not doing it live, uh, until further notice, it's going to be easier to do that. And that's yeah. one of the reasons we're not doing it live. It is easier to do the show, uh, you know, from the road or, or wherever. Sarah's here. Hi from Michigan. Hi, Sarah. And we have a snowy Pennsylvania here. Uh, How's Pickles uh, doing? Pickles is doing great. <laughs> she, she's a challenge training-wise. Mm-hmm. She's very, 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 very attached. So when we leave her go, she has to be in her crate or she destroys the house. Mm-hmm. She's only eighteen months, so she, you know she's still a puppy, really. Um, and so we're hoping, we're thinking Prozac might be in order. Can you give us a prescription, please? Yeah, right. Well, so we had our two greyhounds. So we had the male greyhound, and the female greyhound, and the male greyhound was so uh, attached to me that he actually ripped up the crate at one time and slithered under and like ate the lizard. We had lizards at the time, ate lizard food, destroyed the house. But he was like a nervous Nelly, and we finally put them together. In a playpen, and he was fine, but he was so he had one time um, ripped off his ear at one point because we had uh, he got yeah. so nervous he had, like banged his head against um, the crate and it sliced off his ear. Um, so he was a mess. They called his name was Thomas, and he literally at the vet had Thomas the train wreck on his file because he was always getting hurt, always something. But yeah, he had to have a little puppy Prozac. Well, we're we're considering that because she just goes ballistic when we leave. <laughs> Uh, we have Lake Geneva, Wisconsin in the house. Ooh, that's cold up there. Both of you. <laughs> we got Michigan, Maryland, and Wisconsin. And PA. Uh, Pennsylvania, Chattanooga. She's a little warmer. Yeah. I think. Here's Helena. If Helena doesn't... Helena, we still don't see you, but I think we'll just keep you in here, okay? okay. <laughs> Poor Helena in the dark. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that way we don't have to risk losing you. Uh, okay. We can hear you, though. All right. All right. All right. You know what's really funny is... I'm. I'm not showing the display. Oh, let me do it so we can actually see. So it must be the season for camera issues. I was just telling Glenn, Helena, that my, like, pretty much brand new computer 
the screen just gave up or the camera just gave up and they want me to pay like another hundred and some dollars to Dell to get it fixed. I'm like, I'm going to buy a $15 Amazon camera. So luckily I have that. So I was like, Oh no, I have to have my camera access, especially in this time. I'm a star. I need I'm a star. star. I need my camera and I can't speak on my meetings without my camera. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I had to go on some meetings with my clients and they're like, what are you too bougie to like show up in like with your face? I'm like, no, I just, I can't, it doesn't work. They're like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, you know, I had to get slack for my clients. I was like, listen, if I would, I could. And it, my phone's always ridiculous. Cause I'm always like getting, my arm hurts after holding up my phone for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mine falls asleep. I broke it yeah. times. I can't hold it upright. Well, we have uh, Kara from Manitoba. She wins the award for most north at this point. Yeah. Ohio, we have here. We have Helena in Rhode Island. We have Nikki in Jersey. Yeah, I'm a Jersey girl. I'm not like Lorraine Borden, Jersey girl, because she's got the northern accent. I got the southern. <laughs> I know sometimes she does the New York accent. The, the North Jersey, there's a, there's like you hit a place in New Jersey after like Tom's River, New Jersey, and up, that's when you get the northern New Jersey accent. It's really funny. Helena can go into that accent too. Oh yeah, I can. I can. But I spent enough time down at the shore that I can. Mm-hmm. I can. You know, I remember having a fight with a uh, a friend of mine down at the shore. She was actually from like Trenton area, and she'd say, "Don't leave your towel on the floor." I was like, "It's not a towel. What is it? A towel." <laughs> I have a counselor who works for me because goes until she's from Lavalette. So she has this drawer. She's like, you know, she goes, it's in the drawer. I'm from Lavalette. Like she's got this accent. I just torture her all the time. She's like, well, how do you say it? I'm like, how do you say bagel or bagel or whatever she says? I'm like, not like that. No. <laughs> hey, uh, Nikki, I don't think you're actually on your headset mic. I think okay, I let's see. Check your I probably am. Let me hey, say. Uh, while you're doing that, Helena, can you read the disclaimer? Can- yes, I can read the disclaimer. Um, but you got to give me a second because I got to pull up the show notes again. Okay. Because there we are. Okay. Can't hear you, Nikki. Can't hear Nikki. Can Can't see Helena. Yeah. Yeah. Try Nikki talk. Talk Nikki. Can you hear us? Can you hear me? Yes, now we, we can. can. You're not as loud, which is okay because you were blasting us out. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> she was really loud. Okay. How about now? Yes, we can hear you. Perfect. Lovely. All right, here we go. She can't? Uh, I bet you she can't hear us. We can't hear Nikki. Can't see Helena. (laughs) This is a mess tonight. It's like 2020. It's like the end of 2020 right now. (laughs) I can't take anymore. (laughs) Please. (laughs) Me either. I'm done with 2020. Oh, yeah. You of all people. Did you see the article? It was good, though, huh? Wow. That's what I have to say. Wow. That was so, so well-deserved. Hi, Nikki. She can't hear us. I hear a dog. Oh, that's your dog. (laughs) Yeah, that's my dog. Yeah, we hear you. Okay, good. Yeah, it was the headset. I need to have the headset for it to go through. I I just having... Now you're now your video locked up. <laughs> okay, I got gotcha. you. I'm going back to the right video. Here we go. I'm look getting this right. <laughs> you're not as loud. You were blasting our eardrums out. Okay, sorry. We have Ontario across the lake from Rochester. Here, we're gonna get started, guys. We actually do have questions we're gonna get to. We're okay. just dealing with maybe we'll just have you locked up and Helena totally absent. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That sounds about right. I'm reading the the, the disclaimer. Right? All right. Here's Helena reading our disclaimer for this show. Okay. Here we go. The WTF Advice Show for December 21st, 2020. Ladies and gentlemen, this is an adult show. It is not safe for small ears or for work. After all, it is called the What the Fuck Advice Show. Everything we say on this show is for entertainment only. Please do not think that we're giving actual advice to anyone about anything. For that, seek someone more professional than us. And that won't be difficult. Finally, send your complaints to Jennifer at horseradionetwork.com. And she will throw them where all complaints go. <laughs> all right. So in this show, we answer uh, listener auditor questions that don't involve training of horses that we do on the other shows. This is more about life stuff. Now, however, Nikki, you still with us? Yeah, I'm still with you. Can you hear me? 
Yeah, we, we just can't see you. It's like yeah. we're all... I'm solo tonight? You mean <laughs> my ugly mug is the only one they can see? Great. 2020. All right, yes. here we go. This was an email kind of calling us on the carpet. Dear Dr. Glenn Helnick. Uh, we apparently have a nickname now, Glenn Helnick. Um, I listen to lots of podcasts put out by the world's greatest equine network. Which one's that? That must be somebody else's. Mm. Oh, now Helena's gone. It's going to be oh, no. one of those nights. Oh, there she's back. Are you back? Yeah, I'm here. Okay. Um. <laughs> you disappeared for a minute. I listen to lots of podcasts put out by the world's greatest equine network. It must be a different one. Uh, but I can't listen during my work and can't listen around my husband because we're supposed to communicate or something. <laughs> so I'm always behind on episodes and left out. I listen to episodes while I'm doing chores. But if I listen to too many episodes, I, I'm exhausted from all the chores. I wrote this podcasting advice show, I think she's talking about ours, and they kind of poo-pooed my problem and made fun of me, even though I have a serious problem. So now, in addition to my fear of missing out, my chronic exhaustion from doing too many chores while listening to episodes and my disenfranchisement from my husband, I have post-traumatic podcast syndrome. Post-traumatic podcast. (laughs) That's great. PTPS. And I'm triggered whenever I hear the three podcasters' voices. And they're on the network all the time. What WTF should I do? <laughs> divorce. I say divorce. What do you guys think? <laughs> He's obviously the problem. I don't see any problem here except Mm-mm. him. Yeah. No, no, not, no, no problem at all. Do you think she's saying there's no sex right now and that's the problem? Reading between the lines here. She's too exhausted. He's unhappy. That usually means no sex, doesn't I it? I feel like he needs a horse. I feel like this is a husband that doesn't have a horse of his own, and I feel like that's what he really needs. <laughs> and I feel Stop like she's going to appear we're making fun of her again. I know. <laughs> What's funny is, talking about the radio is when Jamie's on, sometimes my husband thinks it's me talking. I'm like, no, it's not me. It's Jamie. Oh, Jamie from Rolex. It's Jamie from Rolex. And it goes over like in like Groundhog's Day. And I'm like, no, no, this is not the show I'm on. <laughs> He's like, you kind of sound the same, like kind of craziness. And I'm like, thanks, buddy. Thanks so much. <laughs> I, I, I'll give the first serious answer. Maybe find it uh, another time to listen other than doing chores and you won't be so tired. And well, now, now we have Nikki dropped off. <laughs> but, <laughs> All right. What, what is your serious answer? Uh, mine? Yes. You're the only one left. Oh, um, clearly my meds are wearing off. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's not a joke. I know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that listen to episodes while doing chores, but I've listened to many episodes. I'm exhausted from all the chores. Um, do less chores. That's what I think. Do that's less chores, get a horse and get your husband a horse. That will help. That will fix everything. Get your husband a horse. And now the only counselor we have on the show, Nikki, is gone. She's gone too? <laughs> yeah, she, just, she just can't come back. I don't know what that means. <laughs> it's the what the fuck show. What the fuck? It's Not even what, what the fuck, the fuck advice. Fuck today. <laughs> I have to say, since I started the medication, though, I do swear a lot less. <laughs> oh, uh, we do have a Facebook user who has an answer. He needs a sugar mama. That way she can afford more horses and doesn't have to deal with the sex part because she's too tired. Could you ever? I could never. I, that <laughs> Save was... some time. There you go. That's a perfect answer. A threesome. Or no, a three-way. Or whatever <laughs> that is. What is it when you have more than one wife? That's that's polygamy. Polygamy. Yeah, but, see? But she doesn't even want to be involved in the three. She just wants to be married. She doesn't. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe. This is oh, you assuming. another good answer. Have the husband do the chores and you just listen to the shows. That's a good answer. I like that answer best. <laughs> That's a good idea. Uh, Nikki can't connect. <laughs> oh, so while Nikki's gone, you had an issue that I wasn't following, to be honest. Uh, you posted it in the... Oh, my God, a three-way. <laughs> you posted it in in the Facebook room, uh, the auditor room, but I, it's something about a border, and I didn't follow. So can you do a quick review for us and give us the Reader's Digest? Yes. So um, I was supposed to send Susie to a friend's barn for the winter to ride, so I could use the indoor and ride oh, and, and train and all border. that stuff. No, Susie's my horse. Oh, okay. So I was supposed to send her to um, my friend's barn around the corner. Well, uh, she could... 
her ulcers flared up pretty badly and that my friend's barn just wouldn't be the right place for her. So at the last minute I said, you know what, I'm going to keep her home. But I had already committed to this girl that she could come and take uh, the empty board, the empty stall. And I didn't want to back out because she really needed to get her horse out of the place where he was because he was not being turned out at all. And uh, I thought, you know what, my, I, my place is set up. I can convert the barn to a three stall and I can make three paddocks. I've always sort of planned my properties that way, just in case we had emergencies, you know, we needed to take an animal and whatever. <laughs> like so I said, an extra horse. That's always the emergency of a horse girl. That is, yeah, well, this it gets better. So she comes to check out the place and I said, okay, we're, we'll move forward, but here's the deal. We have two weeks. If the horses cannot get along or settle their issues or work out, work it out within two weeks, you can't stay. So she said, okay, no problem. So I was expecting a 20, 21 year old horse who was, you know, semi-retired. He has Cushing's. So she explained to me that I would need to do a little cooking for him. No problem. I'm great with cooking for senior horses. So I expected, uh, you know, some some meds for the Cushing's, some beet pulp, you know, soaking stuff here and there. I love to do that. Well, this really nutty, crazy horse arrived, and um, he has a lot of issues. He was severely abused. Uh, he's a national show horse. And he started out his life uh, at the highest levels of uh, saddle seat, this whole like saddle seat mm-hmm. pleasure circuit. Um, and at one point, I think was the USCF horse of the year in his breed. Really? Discipline. And uh, he developed Cushing's at like five years old. And um, his life just went downhill ever since then. Nikki's back. Yes. What's up, girl? <laughs> so his life went downhill from there. He, um, they kind of tossed him away because he wasn't winning anymore. Now he had Cushing. So he started to, you know, go downhill. He wasn't winning. So they threw him out into a field somewhere and this girl got him and, uh, had to work with a lot of the issues that he developed over his life because he was, uh, corrected. And I use air quotes. He was corrected with things like baseball bats, acid, tasers, cinnamon in orifices where cinnamon doesn't belong. Oh, my God. Other things like that. Uh, I never even heard of that one. Yeah. He has scars on his neck from the tasers being overused. So well, when he husband have issues too. <laughs> yeah. So when he got here, um, I was really surprised at the behavioral issues he had. He's very aggressive in his stall. Uh, he's dominant, and so he and Brody got into it. I I I don't have a channel in between my paddocks. It's just a single line of fencing. Uh, I have split rail and then hot tape, which is nicely hot. And I knew it was going to be challenging, especially if the two geldings didn't get along. So I did my best to keep them as separate as possible while still giving them the room to try to figure each other out and hopefully create a little herd. And if not, then I would I could keep them separate. Uh, well, this horse was so he's just a he's just a freak show. And he broke through the door. He was in his stall. He busted out. He broke the latch on the top half of the Dutch door, then reached around, opened the latch with his lips to the bottom half of the door, let himself out while Brody was in the dry lot in the barnyard, and proceeded to go after Brody. The two boys got into a a kicking war, and Brody lost. Mm. So he shattered his splint bone and damaged the suspensory ligament. So Brody went in for surgery the next day and he's been on stall rest for the last seven days. So he's home. We had the surgery. He's been on stall rest. He's not young, is he Brody? What's that? How old's Brody? He's not young, is he? He's 20. I thought so. Yeah. And so now I have Brody on the injured list. He's on stall confinement. Susie's depressed. And I have this horse who is very difficult to handle, dangerous for most people. Um, Did you call her back the next day and say, get this horse the hell out of here? (laughs) 
sort of your bill for killing my horse. Well, she did offer to pay for half the surgery, which I thought was, was pretty cool. And, um, but I knew his history and I know that she'd been working really hard with him and she was in a, a tough place because they, he was locked inside of a barn for 20, almost 22 hours a day. And then when he did get out for two hours, it was in a tiny little run out. So this horse was just losing his mind. So I said, you, you need to find him another place. He can't stay here. And uh, she said, all right. And she started working on it. And of course, I went into the auditor room and I said, you guys, you need to tell me what to do because how do I turn these two loose in the world? This poor horse and this this girl who's trying her best to do right by him. You know, mm. it was just me and him or even me and him and Brody. It would be no problem. I I could probably work with him to a point where he could just chill. And so, but that's yeah, not the Prozac key. lying around. <laughs> yeah. So she's looking for a place. So I went into the auditor room and I said, you guys, what do I do? Like, what did they say? Oh, pretty much universal. Tell them to leave. <laughs> just, yeah. you know, it's like, this is, if they were really diplomatic, they were, I just, auditors who, if you weighed in on this dilemma for me, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, and then of course, big sister Jennifer swoops in and she's like, that's a hard no. <laughs> Give him the boot. I was like, okay, <laughs> okay. So I did tell her that they need to leave and she has by the end of the month, but I'm not going to kick her out if, you know, she goes a couple of days into January, whatever. Well, in the time since Brody's been back from his surgery, I've worked with this horse and um, actually made a lot of progress, like a lot of progress. So all of the shows that I've listened to from, Shauna's clicker training, Stacy Westfall, Mary Kitzmiller, my own experience with Tick, all of the Monty, all of these training techniques, I sort of put them into play here and there with him. And he's just, he's a really sweet horse who was once very kind. Um, but he's got his hatred of humans, which and I rightly understand. so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, he has no education. I don't know what they did to him in the saddle seat world, but he has no concept of his body, your body, what is appropriate, how to communicate with a human being. <laughs> how to, That's because they take him around on chains all the time. Yeah. Chains on him all the time, like, like you know, racehorses. So he's By the way, so there was somebody, much better. Let me jump in here. There was somebody who said, does anyone see Helena? I hear her, but not see her. Well, that is that is true. You will not see her because her camera's not working. But Yeah. All right. So so you're thinking about not kicking her out? No. I When I first asked the auditors for advice, I was thinking of not kicking them out. But um, the auditors pretty much un- unanimously said she needs to go. So we had the conversation. She agreed. And she's been keeping me updated on her efforts to find another place. And what I did was I offered to write an ad for her, post it on social media, and use all the connections that I have to try to help her find a suitable place for her and her horse. She's a very, very conscientious young woman. If I could keep her here, I would. But there's a lot of places that responded to my ad for this horse, you know, she's just looking for a run-in shelter, a run-in shed and 24 seven turnout. It's all he needs. <laughs> and a lot of people responded. And I said, Nope, you, you're not, this horse is not for you. Like it's, it's too much. Um, but bad. others said, yep, you know what? We're used to handling babies. We have experience handling stallions. We were a rescue. We know what it's like to take on abused horses. So her options are far greater than when she even first came to me. But even better is that her horse is actually starting to relax a little bit. Actually, he's starting to relax a lot. So I can handle him and take him for a walk. But I wouldn't let anyone else handle them. That says a lot about you. Yeah. Well, I got a feeling it wasn't going to be like, see you you later, because you have a great heart. And, you know, I think the girl did, too. She sounds like, you know, it was noble of her to take this horse on. But sometimes noble, you know, deeds 
sometimes don't go unpunished. And it sounds like this is just like the same as like, you know, a traumatized human who has, again, like if it was a human had no education and been beaten and, and tortured. And now at 20, what he's older, right? He's an older 20 some years old. You're expecting yeah. to be a gentleman and he has no idea what you're talking about. Yep. Nor does he trust anybody. Exactly. That's just it. He's super confused. He just has no clue. And on top of that, if you, and it's, it's interesting because I could repeat his triggers. So I have this long um, curry comb. It's on a plastic stick. <laughs> and uh, it's great. My horses love it. I use it for massage and currying and all that. So I thought, well, let's let's see if we can give him a little curry in his stall. I didn't want to get too close in case he decided to kick or strike out or something. So I very, very slowly and carefully walked into his stall with this curry on a stick. And he could not... He flew backwards so fast into the corner of that stall. And of course I realized my mistake instantly, but it, it broke my heart to see that just to see how damaged. My first hackney pony was a roadster pony out of Ohio was the Ohio state champ. We found out and he was that way for six months after we got him. You would walk by his stall, not even look at him and he would plaster himself against the back wall. And he did that for six months. Hmm. Uh, and he just had no trust of, uh, you know, of people. And is he better or worse, or is there no difference around males and females, this this horse, Selena? I don't know. Well, she brought, my boarder brought her boyfriend, and he seems to be perfectly fine. Actually, he's okay, because um, Buck was giving him some peppermints and okay, the girl's so boyfriend. No so, yeah. yeah, it's mostly around the stall. Yeah. It's mostly in the stall. That's because they lived in their stall, and that's where they beat them. I, it's you know, pretty it's clear. Just, yeah, it's yeah. Just, you know it, it, same with this uh, with this hackney. It took us a year or two to get to the point where that horse was not freaking out every time we did anything with him. He yeah. would get his feet done and stand straight up, and and the farrier finally said, "Look, I can't do his feet when he's only on two of them." <laughs> 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 so we would literally have to tranquilize him when we did his feet. We used Kava Kava or Kava Kava then. Oh, okay. And Kava Kava worked on this pony and to the point where she could do his feet. Uh, so we used like triple the amount of Kava Kava you're supposed to. <laughs> and it was a little pony, you know, smaller than a uh, scooter. But um, Hannah says, having worked in the saddle seat world from the hunter jumper world to understand the stereotype and bad reputations, I hate the generalized objectives used to training, riding, care. That's true, but there's assholes in every breed. That That's is true. true. Yeah. That's true. I, I just hadn't had any experience. I mean, my, I don't know, for auditors, if you've been around for a while, you might remember my first national show horse, Pi. Um, he was a bit of a hot ticket. It's definitely not crazy, but. Uh, so this is the second national show horse I've had on my property. Who, like, how does that happen? <laughs> uh, the thing and, is, Hannah, you don't hear about the good ones. Yeah. They just go to f homes and do their thing and you don't hear about them. It's only these kind you hear about, whether it's a thoroughbred or an Arabian or whatever it is. Right. Uh, uh, <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. So you, you are right about that. Hannah. Yeah. It's just so sad. Now, what did the girl want to just take them for like a, a partner or did she want to take them to ride? Like what was her just to get him? I guess, away from the place that she was at? So, well, she grew up in the saddle seat world. She didn't know any Got better. It. Okay. So she was at, a, oh, at wow. the barn okay. riding and taking lessons, and they were, he was just, like, tossed out in the field, and they were like, you want him? He's free. <laughs> and she didn't know any better. So, of course, she's like, whatever, however old she was, 12, uh, she said, you know, we'll take a free horse. And she rode him. She did trail riding. She wow. did some saddle seat with him. And so she's had him for eight years, but in that time, she's come to learn exactly what uh, the discipline she was immersed in, what it was, especially compared to some of the others. And as she got older, she matured into better horsemanship and said, I, this is not for me. So she pulled out of that whole world completely, took him out of the barn and then started to, she does um, something called, I think it's TNT. It's a type of, it's like a T-touch sort of yeah. variation of Pirelli type of natural horsemanship. I never heard of it. Yeah, I think we've so talked about that. Tristan somebody or other, she said, is the, the trainer whose philosophy this is. So she's been really trying very hard to um, 
I guess, dissolve a lot of his issues. And she has made a lot of progress. She's made, according to her, he was barely able to be handled six years ago. And uh, now, yeah. But she did say, she did say, despite the fact that, I mean, Brody is now, you know, that's the worst part for me. Mm. Brody's yeah. injured and we just crossing our fingers that that ligament heals. But she did say that despite the fact that they can't stay here, that this whole thing coming to a head has forced her to confront something that she was in denial about and that her horse wasn't as evolved as she thought he was. He wasn't mm-hmm. as over his issues and that she's probably enabling a lot of these bad behaviors. Well, that's what I think. And maybe it's more her avoidance of actually addressing the issues so he doesn't blow up at her. You know, yeah. I think that happens a lot, right? We just kind of do stuff around our horses and let our horses be the boss. And then all of a sudden we're like, oh, we have a really bad behaved equine. Yep. Yep. TRT, Tristan Tucker. Thank you guys. Uh, so exactly. And she said, honestly, him coming here is probably the best thing that's ever happened to him since me, meaning her. Because we're, we also now know what he needs. Mm-hmm. We now know exactly what he needs. Um, he needs to be, be allowed to live like a horse. I'm just so glad Brody or Susie wasn't hurt because, again, like, you know, he is hurt, but it could have been a lot worse. There could have been I know. a bigger tragedy, you know, because yep. of this horse. I just, I wish she would have disclosed some of this to me beforehand. So that that's my biggest pet peeve is, Tell me your horse has issues so that I can be prepared for it. You know, tell me that your horse can open latches. I have brass snaps. I've had horses who can open Dutch doors. Just give me a heads up. Tell me he doesn't, you know, he can't be left alone or he'll he'll take a gate down. <laughs> He's taking <laughs> gates down. Uh, and But who wants to say that, right? Yeah, yeah. We were in the boarding business a long time. They never tell you that stuff. They always they never tell the good you. things about their horse when they come and then you find out the bad things on your own. <laughs> right. Which is why I said we have two weeks. Yeah. You know. <laughs> Thank God I said that. So there we are. All right. Well, I'm glad you weren't hurt. I'm mm. glad the horse is back. Yeah. Yeah. He's having a tough time. And I'm glad she got some offers. Maybe she'll find the right place, you know, that, that can separate him and has a little more space than you do, too. Yeah. We're just not. I mean, I can handle three horses, even three horses who don't exactly get along, but I can't. We're too small for a horse with yeah, serious need, behavioral issues. You need more than a couple acres for that. Yeah. Right. And he needs a herd. Uh, uh, that's actually what he needs. He's, he needs a, a good-sized herd. All right. Next next question from a listener. Or Actually, I saw this on, on the auditor page, and I wanted to talk about it. Nikki, I know you want to jump in on this. Oh, one. my God, yes. Uh, safe space rant. Does anyone else uh, experience family coming over and having them rearrange your furniture, pillows, and window draperies? I mean, who the hell does that? All right, Nikki. So I don't have experience. I actually have experience rearranging my own furniture before people come over. So what happens is something, so I'm very cool, calm, and collected most of the time. I mean, even my husband's like, you've seen emergencies and just stay cool, calm. Horse shows, not a problem. I roll in. convict drug addicts. Convict drug addicts. I deal with like suicide. I deal with, I mean, I deal with like criminal. I know I have one that's probably shot numerous people. I'm like, whatever. He's like, you know, ex-gang member, not a problem. Uh, Somebody tells me company's coming over and all of a sudden, something switches inside in my head and I become like Gordon Ramsay slash Martha Stewart and it like it boils <laughs> up and I start losing my shit so I it starts with Pinteresting because I have to have a theme and I'm like what the hell's the matter with me and then I start yelling 48 hours I go to home goods and uh, shop I mean I go ballistic <laughs> I clean everything I yell at my husband he's like where what who are you I'm like shut up and just do what I tell you to do <laughs> don't ask questions just do it and then like it's the food thing I know it's from my Italian roots that there's never enough food so like I'll have six people over for dinner there's a good 30 like plates ready to go I'm like there's tons of cheeses there's tons of meats there's this and that and my husband's like who are you feeding I'm like I'm not sure anymore and like it's really like the aftermath of it all I'm like why do I have like 
18 things of soda. Like, why do I have like all this cheese? What happened to me? Like, I literally lose my shit. And I'm like, I totally get it. I get like, you know, I don't know who comes over and moves stuff because I definitely would kill somebody if they move stuff that I just moved. And, you know, I, I do that too. I have to buy stuff too. Like, I need furniture. I need a piece of furniture that I didn't think I needed before because I saw something on Pinterest. I'm like, it goes with the setup. I need to have it. Like, who does that? It's funny because he's like, I don't ever see you come out of your character until we say, hey, let's have our parents over for dinner. I'm like, sure. Let's let's cook beef wellington. Let's get like this fancy dessert. This is even happening this week. So I have to go to my in. Uh, way, my nobody own. can cook beef wellington successfully. No, 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 no. And it, of course, it's like this kind of list of things I want to look, I want to cook. And it's like, this is not going to happen the way you think it's going to happen. Cause I, I'm the kind of girl who will actually eat chips and dip for dinner every night. And I think that's it too. It's like my family and friends expect like chips and dip anyway. Like, cause I'm a horse girl. I don't care like what I eat, what I like, what I do. I eat like, I mean, my hands are dirty half the time I eat cause I'm out in the barn. So like, uh, I think it's like, oh, watch this. I'm going to, you know, go and do this huge spread and there's going to be lights and sparkles and candles and all this stuff. And it's just, it's really, I think I should video myself one of these days. It's like, it's happening this week. I have to make dessert because I offer to make dessert for my um, brother and sister-in-law for Christmas Eve. Of course, I have private practice every night this week besides this night. So I'll probably be cooking at 12, you know, on Wednesday. 20 layer cake. Cookies. And then it's <laughs> <laughs> something I found on Pinterest that I don't even, I never made before. I'm like, I'm going to make it. It looks, it looks exotic. I'm like, this will definitely win everybody over. I'm like, but why? <laughs> like, I just bring wine and call it a you day. These people. <laughs> so Helena, like, what would you do you? if somebody came over, a relative came over and started rearranging your furniture? Uh, I'm Italian. They do that all the time. <laughs> yeah. They, I, they have, but you know, I guess if it's like somebody like your mother or your aunt, you know, or a sibling or, and you're used to them kind of controlling your life, you just kind of sit down and go, there they go again. Um, or you could decide you want to fight and be like, stop, <laughs> stop moving my shit around. You know, why what are you, do you doing think that? Wife Jennifer would do Helena. What? What would Jennifer do? My wife, Jennifer do. You know her really She well. would, um, I, well, I think she would just go, oh, yeah, well, no, we'll I just move it so. back. No, I've seen her around <laughs> family. She would not do that. She would tell him bluntly, don't do that. No, I, I don't. No, she would. Who she would has. it be? Who would she tell? Uh, anybody, family-wise. Oh, yeah. She would. I don't think so. No, I think she would be more diplomatic. No. (laughs) (laughs) Nope. (laughs) Well, what what would they move? Like, what would what would get her? Like, like don't touch my. It's out of their purview to do in our house. She will tell them. Point blank. Mother, father, whatever. (laughs) That's a good thing, though. I mean, I don't know. Sets the bar right there. The guidelines are set, and it never happens again. See, mine enable me because they're like, this was an amazing meal. They're like, you did it really good. I'm like, oh, no, I have to top it. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God. Like, I'm not a dressage. Like, I'm I, I'm a dressage rider in general. And I'm not even like this princessy and hoity-toity bougie in, with my sport. But when it comes to, like, putting spreads together, I, you would think that, like, I mean, I was like, what's the other Rachel Ray? Like, <laughs> I do this, like, all the time. Uh, oh my we, god! We had a comment one Christmas. My Italian mother-in-law picked up a broom and started sweeping up under the Christmas tree to pull on needles. And I asked her if she wanted to use a vacuum. That was the wrong question to ask. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> my mom will do the dishes, but my mother mother-in-law will part because would sweep up and clean. If you don't use cleaner, that's like you know legit bleach. If you like the seventh, like whatever the seventh generation, she brings her own stuff. She'll be like, no. Mm-mm, we we use like hardcore cleaner that will probably be, get you high at the end of the day. <laughs> you know what though? If they're, I think it depends how long they're staying too. If they're staying more than three days, I expect them to do some dishes and cleaning after they're here more yeah. than three days. Well, cleaning, three days you can get a slide, but you're here a week. I'm but just cleaning you. and and then there's like taking over your space, and that's like a dom- like that's like one dog putting his chin on the the neck of another dog. You know, that's mm-hmm. a dominance move. Like don't. Don't bring your shit into my kitchen. You know, don't. There, so there's, I guess it depends on context and intent. Like if you're going to take over my space, well, then that's a fight. 
waiting to happen. I think that's even worse when somebody comes into your barn and then you mm, guys have yes. no trouble telling them what to do and not to do. <laughs> so think about that. You would have no trouble telling somebody that was trying to do something in your barn, rearrange the tack room or whatever. You would have no trouble telling them that, but yet in your house you you have trouble. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. God forbid you lose the scissors. Like I have a pair of scissors near my hay. Oh, that's stack. the worst. Yeah. If you move those scissors, you're fucking dead. <laughs> or people throw like random stuff in my tack room, assuming it's mine. I'm like, this is not my crap. Like, where does this come from? It doesn't even look like my stuff. Like, you know, and they just kind of throw it in there to be like, oh, maybe it's hers. And just to, to like kind of guess, keep it clean. I'm like, no, no, it's making it worse. Yeah. The scissors are a big thing. If I literally will track, I will hunt a bitch down for scissors. <laughs> you want to do this last one, this next one? Uh, this was one we also saw. Uh, sure, this is actually one that was posted that wanted an answer, and she got about a thousand answers from auditors. Okay. Here's some dirty laundry, and I need your help. Am I wrong for not wanting to visit and meet my dad's fourth wife's family? And maybe not ever meet them. Like, ever. <laughs> they invited me to her family's cabin during the holiday season. Oh, that that's the worst. I don't care if it's first, cabin. second, or third, or fourth <laughs> wife. <laughs> I mean, if it's a resort, then I yeah, might consider it a cabin. cabin. You can't I'm get like, away. <laughs> I was like, yeah, you just need a banjo and a, and some horror music in the back. Um, <laughs> that's a hell no. Uh, I just don't want to go through this again. I've been through this three times. It's another new family to do the fake meet and greet with another new family to joke with and pretend that my dad is an SOB. Also, please note, my dad cheated with wife four during his marriage to wife three uh, it's all just weird so dot 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 do i suck it up and be involved like my dad's wishes i would be because he's my dad and he's family my gut and my brain are screaming hell no enough is enough what would you guys do thanks peace sign alina you want to lead this one yeah. so <laughs> i have two answers for this one as the as the i'm on the hell no wagon you don't have to go anywhere you don't want to go. And family, it doesn't matter. I'm one of those people who has zero obligation to family. I don't give a shit who you are. You're, if you're a, a good person, then cool. Uh, you could be my related to me or not. If you're a bad person, you could be related to me or not. But those boundaries are firm. So if you really and truly do not want to go because you don't, it, it will make you uncomfortable and you won't have a good time. And you'll just be thinking about getting out of there and say, not this time, dad. Thanks for inviting me, but I'm going to stay home. You or have a perfect COVID excuse right now. Right. Everybody right. in the world has a COVID excuse not to be with that relative they hate at Christmas. But, but here's the thing. Pretend that my dad isn't an SOB. So it's not his wife's family. It's not. Because I'm like, why wouldn't you want to go? It's a it's a cabin. That's great. More friends. Who cares how many times your dad is married? I'm a third wife. Hmm. Right. What? I just want everybody to be like, come on, come hang out with us. Let's be a big, happy family. Who cares if you've done this three times already? <laughs> Let's do it again, right? The more, the merrier. But it sounds like the problem isn't with making new friends or connecting with a new family. It's with her or his or her dad. And if he really is a son of a bitch, well, then you need to settle that between the two of you. It's a dad problem. It's it's not another new family problem. Although it must get old at meeting the new families. It depends how rapidly that has happened over the past 10 years too, right? Uh, and how painful it is to yeah. to lose them when the, the marriage dissolves. Well, that's what I'm going to say. Like my, so it's like my mother is actually my stepmother and, you know, he, she, my dad married three times and, you know, like if he went to go to a fourth wife, I feel disloyal. Like I would be like, you know, you get attached usually to family members. I mean, I'm wondering how, you know, if she made a relationship with this third wife or even a second wife in the first, you know, if, I don't know how, what order or what her, who her mom is, but it's got to be painful too to be like, okay, I'm going to put on a smiley face and go fourth wife's cabin for Christmas and pretend like we're a happy family when there's, I'm sure, a lot of pain and a lot of issues that, like you said, haven't brought up, you know, especially if dad's a son of a bitch. Like, it doesn't sound like dad's just supportive and just like losing his way as a womanizer, maybe has some that issues. It sounds like there's deeper issues. And I would say hell no too. I mean, I think a lot of times we put our emotional uh, self, you know, our emotional, 
ourselves emotionally out there and at risk for being hurt before we want to hurt other people. It's okay to say no. I just, and it's great with the COVID excuse, but it's also okay without the COVID excuse to say, no, right now I need time. I need time to process what's going on. I need time to integrate into a new family and see where I go from there. But right now I need to stay home for my own well-being. I think when they have a wedding, an actual official wedding at three and four, that's going over the line too. And you hear about people that do that. I don't know if your dad did. I don't know if he had an actual wedding at three. So, no, we actually, they got married uh, at the top of a mountain in uh, Colorado. And <laughs> shortly after he did like this double diamond, I'm like, what are you trying to kill yourself? Like, what is going on? I was uh, 14. It was just me and my brothers. It wasn't anything big. In fact, I actually uh, hooked my dad up with, with um, his, my stepmom. So I was the matchmaker in the group. So that was a little fun fact. But uh he, I said he got it wrong the first two times. Let me help you with this one. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, there we go. By the way, uh, we have some new people popping in saying they can't see Helena. Yes, you cannot see Helena. We can't either. Sorry. She, she, Helena's an enigma. Fine. That's probably <laughs> a good thing. Her wasn't good tonight, and she just decided to not turn on her camera. That's what I think it was. It's probably a good thing. I'm looking a little rough around the edges. <laughs> <laughs> I very much doubt that. I don't think you ever look rough. You looked fantastic last yeah. night. You and Gracie, you look great. Oh, thank you. Well, it was a holiday party, you know. It was, and the tree. You guys look great. Grace yeah, looks we... wonderful, by the way. She's she she's so grown up now. I know. She's going to be 18 in a few weeks. I knew wow. her when she was this big. <laughs> I know. I still have that picture that you took of her when she was a toddler in the barn. She had her little pink jacket on when we were at Myopia. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That have... was a cute picture, actually. That was... Yeah. There's two really great pictures. The the one, yeah, the one where she's in in the barn. She's staying in the middle of the Iowa, and then one at the schooling field that you took. And there's just like grass and daisies all around her. And oh, she's still cute. So, how long have I known you? Well, seventeen, sixteen years. Sixteen years. Wow. Yeah, she That's was just time. she was barely a year old when I met you guys. Wow. I would go, I'd put her in the little baby Bjorn and bring her to the barn with me. I would go to a cabin with you, Helena. You what? I would go to a cabin yeah. with you. <laughs> yeah. As long as there's running water. Electric. Yeah. I mean, I'm talking about cabin, a nice cabin. I'm not talking about, yeah. Yeah. Not a like, house at the back. I don't do that. I am not a rough it kind of girl. Like I maybe could rough it for one day. My husband's a rough it kind of guy. And he's like, let's go camping. Let's go. All I'm like, who do, who do you think you married? I'm like, I'm, I'm confused. I think you've got the wrong one. People were, were asking, we're saying, cause Jennifer and I don't, or have always said we don't do camping, Well, we don't do tenting. Our new camper mm -hmm. is not camping. No, that's, camp, that's, that's glamping. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a glamper. Definitely yeah. a glamper. We and Helena, can, you can come move my furniture around anytime because I always see the backdrop of like your place and it always looks lovely. <laughs> like, so you feel her free to come here and rearrange too. my shit. She is a cleaner upper. Her place is always like spotless. Well, I'm because I'm anal retentive, my <laughs> inner life is out of control. So I'm trying to keep my outer life in control. It's it's true. I tell you, what, I, I'll keep this really quick, but you guys, I was just recently diagnosed with ADHD. And uh, apparently I've had it my entire life. And uh, the the number of questions and the, the behaviors and inclinations that I have as pretty much my entire life, all those questions are answered with this. It's incredible. It is absolutely incredible how my brain works and has worked for the last <clears throat> years. So, but keep, keeping things clean and organized is was my way of coping with an, an hyperactive brain mm -hmm. and mind. And so if I could keep my, my surroundings calm and balanced and settled, then it, it was soothing to me. Mm -hmm. And that's, I think that's something I'll probably take to my grave with me. And it's oh, hard look. not to get diagnosed until, you know, later on now, a lot of adults are, and it's, you know, I'm sure it's been frustrating for many years to be like, what is really going on? Well, I wouldn't have known if I, I mean, Grace has given me permission to share, but we struggled with her for a really long time trying to figure out what her academic problems were. And of course, you know me, I leave <laughs> no stone unturned for anything. <laughs> so when she was finally diagnosed, they said, you know, it, this runs in families. Mm -hmm. And 
I was like, well, that's kind of interesting. So then I found out that two of my first cousins have it and uh, we're all left-handed. And of course, there's some studies that show that there's a correlation, hmm. not necessarily causation, but there's a correlation between left-handedness and ADHD, wow. blah, blah, blah. And so I went and had an evaluation done and sure enough, I don't just have it. Like I have it, really have it. What's funny, Nikki, is we've joked about this back and forth mm-hmm. between us because we're both kind of scattered. Um, we've joked about this since I've known you. <laughs> back and forth. Look, we have 88. We got some of our listeners, ADHD here too. Yay. I didn't get diagnosed until I was 21 eight, at 35. It's, it, I'll tell you, it is such a really, and I have no problem saying this, but the doctor prescribed Adderall for me. So I'm mm-hmm. just starting it. And I was like, all right, whatever, let's, let's give it a try. Well, in the first two days, the first day I took it, I cried because it was the first time my mind went from roaring rapids to a gentle flowing river. It, it slowed everything down. It was amazing. And what's a shame is that, you know, most of the time Adderall is it's a great pill and it helps people with true ADHD. And fortunately it gets abused so often, especially in my, my world. And so it's, you know, who has it, who doesn't. And, yeah. you know, but it really, it's been shown to be the only thing that's been effective um, with ADHD, like to really calm the mind. And I'm so glad you got relief no matter, you know, even though it's this late in life, you still have gotten relief somehow. Cause it's, it's gotta be awful when you can't focus and you can't really truly be present. It's yeah, and you you realize like your your coping skills, like what you this these skills that you've acquired throughout your lifetime, some of them actually work for you. You know, I took a lot of project management um, training when I was in the corporate world, and you know, like when Google when their their notifications their little alerts stopped working from the Google Calendar, I almost <laughs> died. I was like, oh my god, where's my ding ding ding? I can't live without the ding ding ding. Uh, but, you know, and the Adderall is, a, you know, I didn't realize that it was something that people abuse. But the doctor said, you know what, if you really have it, if there was every, mm-hmm. any, any concern that you don't have this, um, we'll know as soon as yeah. you start taking the medicine. So and if you don't have it, it will speed you up. It will be it's because it's a methamphetamine. It's an amphetamine. So yeah. people who don't have it, that's how they get high. They get off of it. You know, they... Usually a lot of students take it to study all night. A lot of people take it for weight loss. But for people who truly have ADHD, it slows them down. All of a sudden, everything becomes leveled. Everything becomes slower. And it's really helpful. Um, it's just sad that it is one of those, those medications that's been abused. And now doctors are hesitant about giving it to, you know, patients. Yeah. They, well, they started out, out on a very small, mm-hmm. you know, low dose, which is fine with me. But I think the most exciting thing that I'm looking forward to with this whole revelation is I wonder how it's going to change my relationship with my horses Mm. and my riding because I'm such an anxious rider and I have so little confidence in my own ability. And honestly, if it wasn't for Jennifer, I, I would think I was shit all the time. And, and she's always telling me, Helena, you, you can do this. You don't realize how capable you really are. So I think a lot of people who have um, ADHD, especially women, suffer from mm-hmm. imposter syndrome. Yes. And the, so the anxiety and the lack of confidence as an equestrian, I think, has really held me back from certain goals. So I'm kind of eager to get back in the saddle and see how this revelation may or may not change my relationship with uh, Susie and Brody. And this, you know, our environment, the equestrian environment, a lot of times feeds that too, feeds the perfectionist, feeds the type A. I mean, the hunter jumper worlds are such, I mean, all of, I mean, a lot of times it's very such focus on perfection that, you know, it does feed the ADHD, does feed the, the, the drive to do, keep going, do better. And also it also hurts the self-esteem because you're like, why can I be the best? Why can't I do the best? What, what's wrong with me? Um, and we see a lot of people trauma responses because of, you know, not being diagnosed and always living this world of fast pace, fast pace, must go, must go. Yeah. Are you, are you I, the comments I, here, Helena? I am. Yeah, I, I, everything you're saying here. Oh God. Yes. It definitely changes your riding horsemanship. Just the ability to pay attention. Yeah. I mean, there's things like the feedback loop that I get, especially like from Susie, it's, it's 
it's everywhere all the time. And I think that's my problem. You're like, oh my God, her left front is off. It's unbalanced. Now the left, you know, or she twitched or, and this would be, and you know, I remember when my quarter horse Zeke had a, a problem and it was the very, very beginning of the problem. And I, I say he's just a little bit off. And so Jen and I were hacking out, um, we were going down the hunt trails, but we were just hacking out and we were going down the pavement. And I said, take a look, Jen, just take a look and see if you see what I feel. And she did. And she said, you know what, Helena, no one else in the world would feel that. She saw it because she was looking really hard for it, but she's like, no one else would feel that. And while it's good that I'm picking up on these little cues from my horses, I think it's just, it's too much. It becomes overwhelming. And then you get paralyzed. What is that? Uh, paralysis from anal- over analysis yeah. type of thing. So. Well, I also think having a mare also teaches that real quick because mares are, I think, ever more responsive to your emotions and moods because they're emotions and moods constantly. And I think they give you like that feedback immediately versus a gelding, at least in my experience. So my, my, my mares would tell me I'm being an asshole right away. <laughs> like yeah. we're, the gelding I ride is like, I'll do whatever you want. Tell me what to do. How can I please you? I know you're being a jerk off, but like, I'll, I'll do whatever you want. When my mares like, oh, hell no. Like, <laughs> I'm with you today. Like, you don't think you're riding me, do you? Like, you know, it is. It's like that. It, it's something with mares that you really do feel like how the reflection back. Yeah. I definitely feel more of a, con- like, I understand my mare better now, especially the anxiety that, that mares tend to have, you know, they're the sentinel in the herd, mm-hmm. right? The stallions are just there to make more, make babies and, and fight fights. That's is what boys do. Um, so that watchfulness, that hypervigilance that you mm-hmm. find in mares, um, I think is you find in the ADHD brain. And yeah. so I'm really starting to understand her anxiety and match it up with mine. And now maybe I can figure out some ways to make her a little bit more comfortable um, going forward. We'll see. Well, I'm really, really hopeful. Somebody wrote, I'm honestly not angry anymore. That's yeah. Nick is the one that, that said he has it and you know, he's. And that is, that's me because you don't go through every single day with a million frustrations but I have to commend you, Helena, on your bravery to speak about mental health because I think, again, it's so taboo where we can talk about if a, if a family member has diabetes or if we have, you know, get a cancer diagnosis, we have all these other illnesses, but we don't want to talk about mental health. If people have bipolar or ADHD or, you know, post-traumatic stress, it's still this hush-hush you know, I think that even on this board, I'm like amazed that the people, you know, are saying because this is what we should be talking about. Like, how we can be better people, how we can feel better. And, you know, I give everybody kudos who's, you know, posting about their experience because we have to open this dialogue for mental health. We have to treat mental health just like we treat physical health. Yeah. I mean, you wouldn't, if you can't see, you wouldn't go around without glasses, right? So you go and you Mm -hmm. get a prescription for glasses and now you can see it's our bodies are biological machines and we have to, uh, you know, solve those problems when they come up, whether it's your brain chemistry or a bone or your, the optic nerve, whatever it is, if it's not working the way we want it to work, well, let's find ways to fix it. And I, I understand the stigma. Um, nobody wants to be perceived as weak, right. either physically or mentally. Um, but we need to evolve in our thinking. And, and if, if, if we can hire somebody or work with somebody or be in love with someone who wears glasses or a, a leg brace, <laughs> then we can certainly love someone who's got um, mental health issues. I think it has improved. Don't you, Nikki, though, over the last 10 years? Somewhat. I mean, I think it's improved, but there's still that hush the hush. What's, what's in, the stigma has improved. I think medication has, like, people wanting to take medication is a struggle sometimes. So they'll be like, well, I don't, I mean, I'm really kind of broken if I take medication. It's like, well, if you had, like, heart problems, you would take medication. You just have, you know, imbalances in your brain. And if I can balance this and make you feel good, make you feel like you're not crying every day, like, wouldn't you want that? Like, wouldn't you want to feel better? Um, so yes and no, it depends. Um, you know, it's on different populations. It's still um, taboo in some of the other cultures and some of, you know, where, you know, you don't take medication, you don't see a therapist, you, you know, buck up and keep it moving. Um, so it is, I think the more we talk about the less 
you know, it's going to be a stigma. I think it should be part of our health. It should be, you know, we go get the physicals, we should go see a therapist. We should go mm-hmm. talk to somebody. We all, you know, dealt with a lot of stuff and it's important to be able to have somebody to, to you know, process and see what's going on. That's why I hang out with you once a month and you don't build That's right. Anything. No, not at all. It's no. Free, so I don't yeah. worry about it. <laughs> so, you know, one of the creative people, super creative people, mm-hmm. are concerned about the medication because they think it'll kill yes. the creativity. So we had that a lot. There's a lot of people. It's the same token of like when I'm high, like, you know, people get high and they're like, because it makes me more creative, especially people who smoke pot or use cocaine. It's really doesn't. I mean, you're still going to be creative. It's still something in you. Right. Like, you know, (laughs) I think sometimes too, like where certain disorders like the mania and they like being manic and it's really like, okay, so that might be fun during that week or two, but like, let's look at the totality of like your environment. Let's look at like how it impacts your family or all of a sudden you're out gambling and having sex and spending stuff and really, you know, destroying yourself for what the two weeks of feeling like high. Um, Yeah. It's, it's a catch 22 and it's really trying to convince people like you may feel tired on some medications. You may not feel like yourself, but at the same time, it's, it's a better balance in life and it's finding that balance. Sometimes it's hard to find a good doctor that's going to kind of work with you and not just say, here's some pills. Good luck. See you in three months, you know, really finding good professionals that are going to work with you and also look outside the box. Cause some things are not just medication. Sometimes there's other treatments. There's like a EMDR and brain spotting and equine psychotherapy, which I'm a huge, of course, proponent yeah. of it. You know, I mean, there's stuff that's outside the box that does work too. Well, I used to say that the only time I could actually focus and settle was when I was in the saddle because you have to, or you die, you, you know? Um, but I think too, that, that with lockdowns, because of the pandemic, the coping mechanisms that a lot of us, that have gotten a lot of us through life, uh, you know, oh, I, I'm perfectly fine. I just happen to have a super clean house or, you know, I'm anal retentive. So those coping mechanisms just crumbled under the pressure of being locked down in the house with your family 24-7 and not being, you know, not being able to get out or have any alone time which is really important for people who can't focus. Or to keep super busy so that you don't even think about it. Right. You know, you can put it out of your head. Right. 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 Driving to work and all of that. I'm seeing yeah. a lot more kids and adolescents who are actually like damaging walls, damaging themselves. The anxiety is high because they're not used to being on a computer screen 24, you know, for school. And they're used to this connection and the lack of connections really taking a toll on their mental health and just, that alone, I think we all need a connection and we forget how important it is. I mean, a lot of us spend a lot of time on our computers and our phones and we forget to just put it down and talk to people. You know, I think that we're less likely because we're all horse men and women here. So we at least can connect with the nature and the outside world. But a lot of people don't have that outlet and it shows. It shows when people just have themselves in, in a room and how bad that really is for mental health and then becomes some physical health problems. You know, we we worked at home forever, but we always made a point to go out two or three times a week to dinner. So we always joked we need to go see people because we we worked mm-hmm. in pharma, you know, by ourselves. And we would joke about at least twice a week we'd have to go somewhere to see people. And then that even slowed down during COVID. So it's <laughs> it's been it's been an issue here too, where we're really starting to know, like it's taken this long that I really want to go out you got the dinner and do all that stuff that we haven't been doing. Uh, but yeah, you do notice it and it has changed everything for everybody. Yeah. But you know, vaccines and getting reports from nurses that have got their shots and only had a little bump and not no trouble. So let's hope that in the next couple of months that'll change, get us all back to normal and we can actually see each other again. Cause Alina's supposed to come down to our house. Yeah. I'm moving in. Nice. <laughs> Are they put, is it putting you in the trailer? Yeah, that's it. I don't care. Where, I'll sleep out, out in the barn. There. I don't care. I, as long as I don't have to trudge through the snow. Oh, geez. Yeah. Well, we're going to wrap it up. It's been an over an hour, so we're going to call it a night. Merry Christmas, everybody, and we're glad you joined us. I'll put this out on uh, the auditor feed tomorrow as audios, in case you missed any of it. And thank you, too. It's been fun doing Thanks. this this year. We I love on, this. We get on topics we never plan about, and that's good. Absolutely. The perfect way to kick off my holiday week. You guys are the best. Let me rewind, though, here a minute, Alina, because I got to rewind a little. I did shows with you for 10 years when you were a maniac who couldn't focus on (laughs) five minutes worth of hosting. Mm -hmm. And now you're better and we're not doing shows anymore. (laughs) 
What the hell? I had 10 years of that. Every week. Helena, uh, you know, uh, her biggest thing was she could not focus for more than five minutes, so she would be surfing while we're doing And then it would be her turn to ask a question. She had no idea what we were talking about. None. No, none. No. I, I would zone out. I wouldn't even be surfing. I would hyper-focus on something the person said, and then my brain would go off on this little tangent. And and then sometimes I'd be like, nope, he noticed. And then I would ask the same question that Glenn had just asked. <laughs> you know I'm just picking on you, right? I do. I do. But, you know, you these little experiences, you, you put them in your, your bag and you, they start to, that bag starts to get heavy and you mm-hmm. feel like a, a shit. Um, and so it I feel like. It shows you how much fucking patience I've had all these years. That's what it shows um, um, I think let's talk to Jennifer. <laughs> I, think, I think Mr. Horrible Communicator, Mr. Yeah, um, yeah last minute. Oh, didn't I, I tell sure. you that? And uh, Helena is convinced, and I am too, that I, I have a bit of it. I don't know if I Oh, my God, a... yes. <laughs> I'm on the, I'm on the radio <laughs> show, and there's times that Jamie will be on a topic, and then you'll, like, butt in with a different question, and oh, she well, goes off topic. partly getting her to move along. <laughs> no, like, no, answer the question. <laughs> <laughs> it's partly because we're on a time crunch, and she's going on and on, and you got to move along. <laughs> well, it's like horse ulcers. You know, once you have something, you think everybody has it. Sure. <laughs> like, oh, you got lots of energy today. You must have ADHD. <laughs> I don't have the OCD part. That, that I don't. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't have that part. But I'm twirling. You guys it. can't see me, but I'm twirling my hair right now. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Take Thanks, care. Thank you. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas right, and we'll happy holidays. All.